Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Gene the Genius. Welcome to the Genius Corner, brought to you by Nabra Talk. Um, I want to give a special shout-out to the Nabra family. I hope you guys are doing well. Um, we're still in quarantine mode. We're still out here, uh, you know, wearing masks and, you know, doing what we do. Shout-out to New Jersey for, you know, being one of the best states ever since this pandemic broke out and following procedures health guidelines, safety guidelines, um, we're moving in the right direction. On the other hand, you have um, nut jobs and, you know, crazy people out in Florida who still can't get their lives together. As of right now, I believe Florida might be the uh, the number one place for cases in the world. I might be wrong, but it, they're somewhere up there. They might, they might be like one or two, number one or number two in the world. Um, but yeah, it's been a while since uh, a a podcast from Nabra Talk and Nabra Productions has been out, so we do apologize for that again. Um, it's been hard to get together with my team, um, to put some content together, so I decided to just come out here and you know produce some 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 content based off like the things that's been going around lately to talk about you know what's been on my mind and my thoughts on certain things. Just remember, guys. You know, this is just about my opinions, my thoughts, um, and some facts. Um, if you don't like it, that's not my problem. That's yours. I really don't care. Um, this is my platform. This is our platform, my team and I's platform. So we talk about whatever we talk about. If you don't like it, you can move on. Okay. But other than that, I really hope you guys are staying safe. I really hope you guys are taking care of yourselves. Remember, um, mental health is important. Spiritual growth is important. Um, make sh- making sure to, you know, <laughs> uh, wash your hands every day, shower every day. When you shower, make sure you're going between your butt cheeks. Please <laughs> use a cloth because I seen something on Twitter where a guy was like wearing tampons talking about this is a great idea if you want to uh, prevent you know, all the the gooch and all the dirty stuff from, from going hitting your drawers. I'm like, bro, it's called washing your ass. You get what I'm saying? Like wash your ass, fellas, please. Everybody, wash your ass with a with soap and water and a nice towel. Go in between cheeks and and, 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 and just do what it do. And that's it. Um there's a few things I just want to talk about. This ain't going to be a long podcast. Like I said, this is just me. So I'm not about to sit here and talk for a whole hour. Um, But we could get right right into it. I remember remember last time, last time, the last few episodes I had released, um, I told you guys there's some things coming up that I was working on. Um, I went ahead and I registered my business. Um, and now I have an online store called Genius Brands. So you guys go ahead and support that right now. Um, I started selling shirts. If you go on there, you'll see other, uh, a few other merchandise on there. They're out of stock right now, but you can still get some t-shirts. Um, right now the t-shirts are 25% off. Um, you just go on there and the, the discount will be taken off at the checkout. So, um, you go, go over there and you put in, in, in support, support the movement. Look, like I said, this is just the beginning. Um, I remember I had people telling me, oh, you should sell this. You should sell that. Like, I don't mind. I don't mind suggestions. But in order for you to 
have me sell things that you guys would prefer to buy you gotta understand i'm a i'm an upcoming business like i just started i need capital in order for me to get capital i'm gonna need support from you so if you're not if you're not purchasing from me if you're not buying from me you can't say yo you should make this or you should make that i only listen to i only listen to um people who buy from me because they're my they're my they're the people who are investing their money in me you get what I'm saying? Like I'm not I'm not taking the bread and putting it in my pocket. I'm really taking the money and reinvesting it in the business so that way I can come out with better merchandise so I can come out with better products for you guys. But if you're not selling things because I don't have the best merchandise right now, that's fine. But don't come up to me and tell me, Oh, you should be selling this instead. Some of you guys do really don't understand how businesses work. And I hope one day you do learn how it does work. Like I'm like there's a lot of people, there's millions of people out there who start businesses be and they start with nothing. You get what I'm saying? And the only way they get there is by having the support of their community, the support of the people around them. And I don't mind like I don't mind criticism. I don't mind advice. But the most important thing in the business is getting the capital gains. So if you're not buying my products, there's no way you can tell me what kind of products I should be putting into my store on my on my online store. But with that being said, I do have new merchandise coming out very soon. I do have new products coming out very soon. Um, but my goal is to make sure I get rid of all the ones that I have right now. So you go ahead, go to geniusbrands.com. That's J-E-E-N-I-U-S brands.com. And you purchase yourself a shirt. It will change your life. I guarantee you it's going to change your life. You will be feeling like a genius. You will be feeling like you are the greatest person on this planet to be walking. Okay. Now, we got a few things we want to talk about today. Um, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon. It's a, it's a Sunday evening, as a matter of fact. Um, it's hot. It's, it's real hot. I'm going to tell you guys what I did today. I woke up feeling good. I woke up feeling great. Um, I said I was going to have a good day. Um, this is called, and I said I was going to have a good day because I told myself I'm going to have a good day. Um, this is called mental ownership. A lot of you guys, I feel like we need to work on mental ownership, not just physical ownership, but mental ownership, like taking ownership of your mental, taking ownership of your spirituality. And what I mean by that is basically the first thing you do when you wake up should be your thought process, right? Your thought process of how you are going to take on the day, how you plan on achieving the goals that you have set for the day. If you don't have goals set for today, if you don't have goals set for the day, the week, the month, the year, you are in a heap of trouble. How do you plan on having a good day if you don't know what you plan on doing for the day? That means you're just going to let life take on its course on its own. That means you don't own your life. So I woke up today. I already knew what I was going to do. I had my nice little Sunday walk. It's really hard for me to take walks in a weekday, um, but that's my business. But I take a nice walks on Sundays. I went to the park and I like my Sunday walks because Sundays is where I really get to rethink about how I'm going to reach my next goals, reach my steps. And some people may be listening like, yo, you always talking about goals. You always talking about this. You always talking about that. Like, where do you have fun? Like, I'm going to tell you right now, if you get tired of me talking about my goals, make sure you make sure you keep that same energy when I succeed. That's all I'm saying. And this is and I'm speaking for the people that are really invested in their goals, that are really trying to get out of the situation that they're in. 
if you have someone in your life that really is honed in on speaking about their goals 24 7 it's probably because they're really trying to get the fuck up out of the situation that they're in the best thing you can do is support them the best thing you can do is listen to them because there are some people that really don't have it like you do you get what i'm saying like i re- i talk about my goals 24 7 i'm always trying to figure out how i can get somewhere how i can help somebody or how i can help myself always remember you to help yourself before you help somebody else right um so on Sundays, I walk. Um, I also have um, drum sessions on my own on Sundays as well. So I had that. That was great. That went well. I felt good leaving there. I took a few photos. Um, I came home. Um, I, I I wrote down some of the things that I had planned for the week. And it was all just a smooth sailing day. So basically, I even got a chance to watch Atlanta. Like I don't watch TV too much, but when I do, I put on Atlanta. I watch a couple of episodes and I take it off. Like I'm good at making sure I don't binge watch anymore. So I put on Atlanta. I watched the episode. I turned it off, and now I'm here. Um. So yeah, those are that's basically like how my week my weekend goes. Um, I, I was trying to figure out like, you know, there are some things I need to figure out as far as like, cause I have some like upcoming, um, like vacation days on the weekend. So maybe I was trying to figure out if I should like go to like the beach on the weekend or something like that. Just like a small little getaway. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's basically, that's how I had my day. But again, this is all about taking ownership. Ownership is a mindset. And if you don't own your mental, everybody else around you will have control of you. Um, It's a process. It's practice. It takes discipline. And you'll learn. You'll see. You'll see how yourself changes over time. You'll see how you start speaking to people. You'll see how you feel about yourself. The more you practice this Um, It's different for everybody It's different for, you know, men and women. And I feel like for me, what I'm trying to practice is like saying no um learning how to reject people learning how to reject business proposals like i'm not even gonna lie like i just rejected a business offer with somebody um and the reason why i rejected the business offer was because i never really met i never i'm not never really i never met the person at all this was a referral from from a colleague of mine from my project management chapter um and you know, they may work together, but basically I was saying like, you know, I met, the, uh, you know, I spoke to the person over the phone. We had, we had great conversations and, and business ideas and the business idea was really good. Like it could really work. My whole thing is, but you know, you have, and when you're, when you're going into entrepreneurship and you're going into business, you have to have a set of standards in how you do business. You have to have your preferences of how you do business. Now, I never met like we were getting like before I spoke to him about how I declined the business, uh, the business idea and, every, and working with him. You know, the last conversation we had was about registration and registering the business and, you know, putting money together and all that stuff. Um, so I was like, yo, give me a couple of days. I'll call you and everything. So the reason why I declined is, like I said, I never met the person face to face. I don't know what he looks like. You get what I'm saying? Like, you guys have to take into account when it comes to stuff like this. For me personally, like, for some of y'all, you guys might be very comfortable with doing business that way, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me personally, that's not how I do business. Now, the person, after having conversation with him, 
they were great. Like he had a good mindset. He has good connections. But my whole thing is I'm not going to risk so many things that can possibly happen all because I never got a chance to meet the person. So I respectfully, you know, spoke to him on the phone. I said, hey, you know, everything sounds good. Um, but because I've never met you face to face or I don't know what you look like, I don't feel comfortable with doing business with you. Now, just because I rejected that business offer does not mean um, we can't move forward like sharing ideas and eventually because obviously this is a pandemic, right? So it's kind of hard to meet somebody. But at the same time, we did do a video call, but I still wasn't able to see that person's face. But it's that's a whole different discussion. But my whole what I'm trying to say is um, you need to have your own standards and preferences when you do business, just like when you are looking for a job, when you're looking for a work, when you're looking for a career, have standards, have preferences. Do not be afraid because you are of service. You are the one providing your services. You are the one who is getting paid for the services and all that type of stuff. So it's not wrong to have standards. It's not wrong to have preferences when it comes to business. You should definitely have that. So now I and I spoke to him. I said, like, yo, you know, I said, listen, like, this is something that I'm working on personally. Like, I need to work on rejecting. Like back in the day, maybe I, I would have went all for it. And it may have succeeded, and but it may have not. But it's like you need to learn how to trust your gut feeling. You need to learn how to really listen to your heart and listen to your mind when it says, hey, I don't think this is a good idea. Everything may sound good. Everything may look good. But do not all don't always jump into something because it's an opportunity. And I put that in quotation marks, an opportunity. Um, but it's very important on how you reject somebody or how you reject you know, an offer. You have to do it in, in a very classy and respectful way. You don't have to ghost on them um, because that come that may come back around to, to, to bite you. Um, you don't want to ghost on them because it's, it's very unprofessional. So now they know you as somebody who's BSing, right? They don't even know why you ghosted on them, right? They That person was serious about business, but you clearly wasn't. So you always want to be upfront. You always want to be honest when it comes to business. At least be honest on your end because you can sleep well at night when it comes to that aspect. So that's just a little something that I want to share with you guys. Remember, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, that's Nabra Talk. Just look us up, Nabra Talk, Nabra Productions. Follow us on Spotify at Nabra Talk, N-A-B-R-U-H. N-A-B-R-U-H talk. Um, and you can also follow us on um so, uh, SoundCloud, Instagram. We have we'll be having content up. Listen, guys, make sure you subscribe, subscribe, and subscribe. Okay, that's how you get all of our latest content. Now, I wanted to talk about um, you know, since we're in quarantine mode, you know, I haven't been on a plane since January. And that's funny because January is the first time. Was it for is it January? No. Last year was the first time I got on the plane since I came to America. That's a funny fact. That's actually quite embarrassing. And we're going to talk about that as as to why that is. Um, But I haven't been on a plane since January. I don't plan on getting on a plane until like maybe next summer. So the way I'm planning on enjoying myself and going on vacation is possibly going to be road trips, um, weekend trips, stuff like that. Just driving and, and doing like Airbnbs or whatever the case might be. Um, but 
with that being said, after all of this is over, um, I was thinking about possibly not thinking and I'm going, I'm going to Jamaica. Um, I'm going to go to Jamaica. I'm going to Europe, France, Italy, UK. I'm going to those places and I'm going to China because this, what this has taught me is your life can stop and change at a blink of an eye. And once all of this is over, God willing, you know, I'm still alive and everything. I hope I'm still alive. Um, my traveling experience is going to go up another level. And I say this because it has to. There's like a whole world out there that and, and you know, black people really don't travel. Um, and that's an issue within itself. We as black people, we need to get off, get, get off our asses and start taking trips right now. I know people, I know black people who travel, but black people as a whole really do not leave their neighborhoods. They don't leave that three mile radius unless they got to go to work. Um, so that's a commitment that I'm making to my, for myself. Um, once coronavirus is over and I feel really comfortable leaving the country, I'm telling myself by next summer, I will be okay to get on a plane confidently to go out of the country and everything. So, and that's assuming, you know, that all the other countries are cool with bringing people in and stuff like that. Jamaica, I've never been to Jamaica. I've never been to Europe. I've never been to China. I want to go to Jamaica because <laughs> who doesn't want to go to Jamaica? I want to go to Europe because I want to, I want to do that, 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 um, that tour where you could take the train to like the different like cities or countries or whatever you, the people who've been to Europe know what I'm talking about, where you can go to like France and Italy and UK and Germ Germany, stuff like that. Um, I also want to see like, you know, those historical, um, places like the big Ben. Um, I want to see the Eiffel tower. I want to see, um, the great wall of China. I just want to go see things. I want to I want to go to different places, take pictures and go and have like a story to tell my kids once I once I, you know, have kids and stuff. Like I think that's one of the reasons why I want to travel. Like everyone has tra uh everyone has reasons as to why they want to travel. For me, one of the reasons is when you have kids, you want to you want them to look up to you, right? And a good way for them to look up to you is by having those type of experiences. Like I have experiences that I can tell my kids, but then you want to create new ones. Like I don't, one of my greatest experiences, like right now, I can say, yo, um, I have my own business. Um, I have a podcast. Um, I play music, but then I also want to add the element like, yo, they, I want them to say, yo, my dad travels. He's been to here. He's been to there. Like imagine I, like you've been to all these places. Now you have a kid now you can be their tour guide like yo i've been here before like let me show you this spot like that would be mad dope so that's one of the reasons why i want to travel a little bit more um so when i do have kids god willing i am able to show them the world in my perspective so that way they have their own perspective when they're growing and stuff like that um so yeah that's the, the so th that's my expectations of when the coronavirus is over is just traveling more um my traveling um frequency i wanted to go up for about up to like instead of like once or twice a year i wanted to go i want to do like three to six times a year i feel like it's very doable i feel like it's possible um it's all about planning and saving money traveling is a um is is, a, is an investment okay traveling is definitely an, inv an investment it's a learning experience i feel like traveling is just as much as learning as if you go to like 
Uh, no, I'm not going to go that far. I was going to say it's just as much as if you go to college, but it depends on the traveler. Like, if you spend, like, four years of just traveling, you're going to learn something. Like, you're going to learn something. Um, It all depends on the traveler. Like, I, for me, personally, again, this is all about me. Um, I don't only want to travel just for, like, the amusement of, like, partying and, and, and all that fun stuff. I actually want to learn about the places that I go to. So that's one of the reasons why I also want to travel. It's like I want to learn about the history of France and the dope places of where like, I want to see like how the different how they, you know, the difference between France and America and Italy and America and how everything goes, like how their daily lives is basically structured compared to ours. Um, So, yeah, so that's about it when it comes to like, you know, post quarantine and post coronavirus and stuff like that. That's my expectations. One of my biggest commitments that I plan on achieving once this whole thing is over. Now, I want to get into the real stuff. Um, we we y'all all know like we be on Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, Twitter has a lot of stuff going on every single day. Every every time is a new topic, bro. It's it's always a discussion. But one of the things that is very interesting as of late is like the idea of like. women making money for some reason it bothers a lot of men it really does and it shows every day it all started like first of all it started with like this woman she took a picture of herself and she of her car she bought a tesla and i remember it was like you know everyone was like oh congratulations she bought a tesla like she was saying hey i just got a tesla and like if you if it bothers you when someone like takes a picture of their car and they got a new car like just get off of twitter get off instagram like you can't be that mad at somebody for getting something you can't be well in this world you can but that's just not who i am so the girl took a picture she said got a tesla and some dude again this is a black woman right do you have to understand this for context this is a black woman whatever she does it earned her the Tesla. So she got a Tesla. This dude going to say, well, how do we know it's yours? Because we don't see you in the car. It's not in your driveway. Da, 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 da. So basically, this man is implying you're lying on the internet. It's not your car. Um, Now, he could be right. But he could definitely be wrong. Because he was. Because she took a picture in the car to prove like that this girl was entertaining his bs and i felt like she didn't have to do all that but in some cases she knew she didn't have to but she wanted to embarrass him and he deserved to get embarrassed because honestly the internet twitter instagram is not the place for you to be getting into people's business and 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 figuring out if they really own a car and have this type of money it's not your business at all especially especially when it comes to women because women women Black women aren't the ones you want to argue with because, first of all, um, they don't need to lie about, you know, what they have. Black women, I don't I don't I don't I don't think black women need to lie about what they have. Nobody needs to. I just feel like for you to go online and lie about you having a Tesla or a Jeep or whatever the case might be. I mean, if you do, you do. But my whole thing is like. What I notice is is they only they only um bother women 
when they're black when it comes to ownership so she took her pictures and again like they kept bothering this woman about her really owning a tesla and all that like bro do you guys not realize that we're in 2020 do y'all not realize that millionaires are being produced at a rapid pace because of the e-commerce industry do y'all not realize that black women are the most educated group of people in the country do y'all not realize that there is a rapid growth of businesses that are being developed by black women in america so basically when a guy again a black man when a black man sees a woman a black woman flexing like that and he wants proof that it's really hers all that is is just mm, insecurities and his head is like i don't make that kind of money how the hell are you making that kind of money well let me tell you something bro she's making that money because she busts her ass for it the energy that you use to hate and to look for research and all that, you literally could have used that to figure out how you're going to make your next dollar. That's all you needed to do. My issue with some of some men is they don't realize that when you put your hate on black women, and my thing is black women suffer so much. It's not like it's not even funny. It's so sad how much black women suffer. It's starting to bother me. And they suffer in so many different areas that you can't even fix it all in a lifetime. You wouldn't be able to. Black women suffer in corporate America. Black women suffer when it comes to relationships and family households. Black women suffer when it comes to, um, you know, uh, the industries of finance, black women suffer when it comes to being heard. Like, is really crazy. And as black men, we just look like I'm not I'm even going to take, you know, responsibility. Like I have to defend black women more. Those are my sisters. Black women are your sisters. You need to defend them, defend them defend them defend them because it's, it's really bad out here it's really bad the other post that i saw it was a, a, a woman like you know how like there's only fans pages now now i don't i don't really support the only fans movement i really don't care about it and um i feel like as you know women are smart enough to really make money the right way in other ways but that's a different discussion like if you want to go ahead and make only fans i can't stop you go ahead and do it if you really need money like that like this funny because i had asked this one uh one of my followers well she she blocked me after this conversation i noticed she had an only fans page right and i just i was curious yo what kind of content do you create she said good content i was like okay what kind of content is that 
she's going to say, do you ask all of the women that kind of question when they have OnlyFans? I said, my apologies for asking a question like that. Um, that's I was like, my bad. That's such a stupid question to ask what kind of content you have before I go ahead and subscribe to something I know nothing about. She went ahead and said, you know what? That was very sarcastic and rude and disrespectful. And she blocked me. Now, she knows that I'm not stupid. So you're going to have an OnlyFans page. Somebody say, okay, like I could really be a shopper or subscriber saying, little like I might be interested, but first I need to know what kind of content you have. Are you even posting content? Like you mad and you blocked me because I was asking you a legitimate question that you could not answer. Okay, so that's that. But my whole thing with that is like, OnlyFans pages, like, if you really do it right, there's no salary cap in it. There's no salary cap in OnlyFans. Like, you get enough subscribers, you could really make six figures if you really want to. Like, <laughs> an OnlyFans page is not just for women. It's for men. It's a predominantly women industry. It's a theme. It's a, it's a predominantly woman industry. But if guys want to, you know, partake, you go ahead. You can make money off of it. You can make a lot of money off of it. So, this woman... Just talking about how much she makes. And again, this black man went on Google and said and looked up how much Google says you can make. And this guy said, according to Google, um, you can't you can't possibly make that much on off an OnlyFans page. But my whole thing is like, yo, y'all need to stop counting women's pockets unless you are adding to their pockets. I like, come on now, come on now, come on, come on, come on. Seriously, seriously, let's 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 be serious right now. Let's be serious. What do you find in checking in on a in a woman's pockets to see how much she really make? You're insecure again. You found out another woman is making way more money than you, and you don't like it. Because as a man, you should be making way more than her. Bro, it's 2020. Who cares how much you make? If you really care that much, you need to be getting on your grind and not worrying about somebody else's. Why is that so hard for some of y'all to understand? You're not in the, the craziest part about this is you don't even know the person. Never met them in real life. Yet you all up in their W-2s all day and night. Make it make sense. Make it make sense for me. You're not dating them. You're not sleeping with them. You don't have kids with them. You don't work with them. But somehow you're trying to figure out and trying to tell them you don't make that much. And OnlyFans don't make that much. That's not your business, bro. Maybe you should be making an OnlyFans because the way you acting is worse than women. It's way worse. Women don't even be in men's pockets like that. Not like that. I've never seen it. But I've seen a lot of men trying to G-check women on how much money they make. And it's disgusting. It's really nasty. Because a man who... who when you are really pocket picking somebody, I can tell... You ain't making no type of money. 
You make just enough to pay for the Wi-Fi for you to talk crap. That's it. That's it. It's really horrible seeing that type of stuff. But like I said, man, don't be in women's pockets unless you're adding to it. Y'all got to cut that out. It's gross. That's ugly man behavior. We got to do better, fellas. We have to do better. Now, for this next discussion, um, I really wish my sister was here. She'll be here probably the next the next discussion because we're going to start a, like a little series on like um, the Haitian household and um, growing up Haitian. So I remember the last time we talk, talked about like Haitian parents not letting you have friends, but we're going to go deeper into like what it was like growing up as a Haitian and what that really meant. Um, I think that's really important for us to talk about because there's a lot to discuss in the Haitian community. Things that Haitian parents brush off, things that Haitian parents don't want to talk about, which now traumatize excuse me which now traumatizes the child and affects their development socially and mentally and in all different aspects today i want to talk about one of the first l's l'école which means school just to let you guys know when you grow up as a Haitian, growing up as a Haitian, there's three L's. L'école, l'église, and la caille. School, church, home. That's it. That's the only three places you belong when you're growing up Haitian. So today we're going to talk about school, the expectations of they had for you when you're going to school, and how that affected us socially. I'm just I'm just gonna talk from experience, and hopefully, um, a lot of you guys can relate. When I post this, feel free to jump into the conversation on Instagram, on Twitter, whatever, whatever this posted on YouTube. Remember, guys, follow us on these social media platforms: Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify. Follow us and subscribe. Okay. So. Just to back, just some backstories. Um, I came to America at the age of two. I was two years old, so 1995. So I've been in America for about 25 years. We're going on about 25 years, okay? Um, the earliest memory I remember as a kid coming to America was some of the memories I remember was like my first day of kindergarten, school four um meeting my, my my kindergarten teacher she was so sweet she was so nice i was i was just quiet like i don't know what the hell's going on and you know as a kid like you don't know what's going on it's like well i guess i'm in school i'm about to just i'm gonna sit here because they told me to sit here so you quiet like i really don't know what's going on i was quiet as hell most most of the most of the time so every day i went to school mind my business but here's the reason why i was so quiet it's because Haitian parents, they usually tell you a few things before you leave the house or before you enter the school. You probably you might be in the car. The thing is, they tell you, 
Mba voyo à l'école pour faire brigandaye. Mba voyo à l'école pour faire vacabon. What that means is I'm not sending you to school to be a, to act a fool. I'm not sending you to school to act like a gangster or whatever the case might be. I'm sending you to school to get educated and you come home. That's it. So when you hear that, it's like, okay, so that means I can't I can't socialize. Um, I can't socialize. My mom and they say, and in some and in some cases, they even said, "I ain't send you to school." Mbavo l'école pour faire zami. A lot of y'all heard that before. Mbavo yo l'école pour faire zami. That means I ain't send you to school to make friends. So when a lot of you guys ever, when you got, when you guys grew up, some of you, you know, Americans or whatever, whoever, non Haitians, whenever you seen a Haitian kid, quiet. And they don't hit, you know, they're not speaking to nobody. It's probably because they they had those conversations or their parents injected those, the, you know, those words into their head before they went to school. And that stuck with them. Like, yo, I'm really not here to socialize, even though I want to. I can't. I don't know how to. If I do, I'm going to get in trouble. Literally, that's what it was. They put fear in you. Like, if you do this, I'm going to tear you apart when I get home. And that's what it was. So basically... Most of my life in school, like, I did not know how to make friends. I think I talked about it before. I know how to make friends. I know how to socialize. I know how to talk. So it got worse because when you get older, like, kindergarten is different. Like, you go a whole year in kindergarten without talking. But then when you start getting into, like, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, junior high school, you're not staying quiet. Because you have to speak. Now, the challenge is when you speak is what are you saying? What are you accepting? And what has your parents been telling you at this point? So for me, it hasn't changed, right? So now it's like even when I was in fourth grade, like I told you guys about one of my earlier friends, one of my first best friends. I was so afraid of showing that I had a friend at school that I would act so phony when my dad picked me up from school and my friend was there, like my homeboy said, yo, bye. I'm not telling him bye because I did not want to get in trouble for having friends. That's how bad it was. So going into like middle school, my friends came from the neighborhood. Like if you go outside, you're going to have friends. Like I was one thing I will say is my, my childhood memory, my childhood friends we don't stay in contact too much, but we always check up on each other every now and then. But that block was lit. Shout out to uh, shout out to my Linden, my Linden friends. Um, you guys know who you are. Um, we became friends and then we then we went to school together. That's different. So it's not like we, we were friends in school and then it's we we lived on the same block. So we might as well be friends. And then we went to school and all that stuff, which was cool. Um, but here's the, here's the, um, the issue with Haitian parents, Haitian parents, they come from a culture of education, church, and literally you at home, there's no such thing as socializing. And you're like, ah, so how do y'all like have friends and how do y'all get married? Bruh, we're trying to figure out how the hell they got to that point too. We don't know. And most Haitian marriages are not happy endings. 
Haitian, the Haitian marriages you see, like some of them might be, but those are like the one-offs. But a lot of Haitian marriages are not the marriages you want to see in your marriage. And it's because some of them were set up. Some of them were marriages that didn't have the right intention. They weren't married with purpose. They married for different reasons. And so y'all know what I'm talking about. So now when you get older, you're looking back, you're like, damn, bro, I'm still like socially awkward because I still had these issues when I was a kid. And then people gonna be like, oh, you're an adult now. You should you shouldn't have these issues. It's really hard to get rid of these issues if you've never had them somebody to talk to about them. So if you still suffer from it, don't no worries. You're we're in the same boat. Let even with the whole dating thing, like as the Haitian parents, they didn't want you date like they said you can't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And a lot of us didn't care. Like, but they're in their eyes, you cannot have a boyfriend or girlfriend up until like after college. Then you're like, after college, you're like, I don't even know how to date because you ain't let me date in high school. That, like, that's the whole issue. Like, how do you expect me to go from high school, college, and then marriage when throughout my whole life, you didn't let me experience what it was like to actually court somebody, take someone out on a date because you felt like the only thing that was going to happen is pregnancy, having a child and stuff. So that is a generational curse that we are working on breaking. Like my sister and I, we talk about this all the time. Like it's crazy. Um, Another thing is with when it comes to school, what they send you to school for is for you to become a specific type of, you know, person with a specific type of job. So when they send you to school, especially in America, they believe their mindset is, all right, I'm in this grand country now. I'm not I'm not in my impoverished country anymore. So that means my son or my daughter now has a greater chance, a greater opportunity to become a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer or a pastor. That's it. They do not realize and I don't blame them. They don't realize that. The difference between their country, Haiti, and America is in Haiti, yes, those are really the only options you have living in Haiti. You're either going to be a lawyer, a doctor, a mechanical or electrical engineer, something related to like technology or something, or a pastor. One of those things, that's all you have. You don't have anything else. But the difference in America is, yeah, I could do that, but there's a lot of other things that I can do as well that can generate just as much wealth, if not more. They don't understand that. No matter how many times you tell them, like, yo, I don't want to be any of those things. I remember when my sister uh, decided to change her major from, like, being a nurse, my mom was highly disappointed. And my mom thought that my sister's life was over. Because she wasn't going to be a nurse anymore. Could you believe that? And it's like, bruh, nursing is not the only thing that's going to allow you to live a good life. And in, in in the Haitian culture, their thing is who cares if it's hard, do it because that's all you got. 
Again, they don't realize that is not all we have in this country. You can do anything in this country. They don't understand that. Um, so they force, there's a lot, I know there's a lot of families where they force their kids to study certain things. Like they won't pay for your college unless you're going to be a doctor. They won't pay for your college unless you're going to study engineering. They won't, they won't study, they won't pay for your college unless you're studying, um, you know, to become a lawyer um, or a pastor. They really won't. There's a lot of Haitian families like that. And I'm pretty sure there's like that in other cultures, but I can only speak from the Haitian culture because that's what I am. I'm Haitian. So, you know, in school, they really send you thinking that, oh, what I taught them is enough and that's it. They don't realize like, yo, you only have the learning capacity of what you were taught in America. I mean, I'm sorry. They don't realize what they were taught in Haiti has reached a cap and they don't realize when you being you know birth either birthing a child in america or bringing a child who was born from haiti and bringing them to america that their learning capacity is limitless especially when you bring them as a child so now they're not only learning what you taught them as a child but they're learning things in school they're learning things on the internet they're learning things in books they're learning things and, and it's crazy, right? It's limitless. So now what Haitian parents struggle with is we've surpassed what we've taught what they've taught us. Right? We're recreating the family structure. They there is very uncomfortable for them. It's very uncomfortable for them because they're like, Oh, this is how we did child. What you learned in your country, look at it. Look what's happening. Haiti is not prospering. So you can't tell me what you taught is working because it's not. It's not working. That's why we're changing it. Little things like apologizing. Haitian parents do not apologize. And people say, well, they the way they apologize is by saying, are you hungry? And that can't work every time. You have to learn how to say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. So Haitians are very prideful people. So when it comes to the school aspect, there's another thing is here's another thing. When you get in trouble in school, whether it be like a fight, especially like fights and stuff, right? Bullying. You you can't you can't say you're the victim. They're going to think you were messing around with the student that was either bullying you or the person, the kid you got in a fight with. So, like, for example, and it's very and it's terrible because it's like as a parent, you're supposed to defend your child. If you if your child has gone about, let's say, like from from the time you went, put them in school all the way up until like eighth grade and you ain't hear nothing bad about them until like this one issue in eighth grade. Won't you stop and think like all right, it has to be the kid because my, my daughter or my son has never been in trouble before. Right. That's the that's what you should stop and think. But. In their mind, they think you automatically just switched into this evil kid who's causing trouble in school. So when they bring you, when you, when you, when you go to, when the, when the, when the Haitian parent comes to the school, the first thing they tell the child is, I ain't send you to school to be doing this. And then you as a child, you're looking at them like, what the hell? It's like, yo, I was getting bullied and I had to defend myself. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I didn't send you to school to be doing it. It's like, I know that. We've had this discussion every single day on the first day of school my whole life. What do you think made me, what do you, th what would you think, what do you think would make me change 
because of that out of nowhere it's out of the blue and this is the child trying to defend themselves like yo they hit me first or yo they were bothering me they were bullying me you're not listening and that's another issue with Haitian parents they don't listen they do not give their child a floor to hear them out why and you ask why because in the Haitian in the Haitian's perspective in the Haitian parents perspective you're a child you have no say you don't know anything because you're a child which is crazy because the child is going through their own experiences the child knows enough in order to defend themselves the child is going to school the child is learning the child is taking classes the child is passing his classes but to the Haitian parent the child knows nothing crazy it's crazy out here but I'm going to keep it right here. I'm going to stop right here. Hopefully next week my sister can uh, join us. All right. Um, I, I spoke long enough. Like I said, everything that I talk about on this podcast is from experience, is my opinions on certain things. But remember, guys, defend your black queens. Continue to work on your mental growth. And let's break these generational curses. All right. Don't forget 25% off on t-shirts at geniusbrands.com make sure you subscribe and follow us on youtube soundcloud spotify instagram twitter all that Nara talk follow me on twitter gene the genius follow me on instagram gene the genius all right and i'll keep you guys posted again thanks again for tuning in and i'll see you guys next time i'm out